It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the underground. The Steel City Underground. A Pittsburgh Steelers podcast made by fans like you. For fans like you. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. I am your host, Joe Kuzma, and I would like to welcome all listeners, new and returning, by way of SteelCityUnderground.com and also the syndicated broadcast in collaboration with Behind the Steel Curtain. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an interesting show for you today. I'm flying solo for the first time in about a week and a half. Had some great guests on over the last two to three shows and maybe even the week before that. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, was talking about how Steelers Nation has no boundaries. Steelers Nation truly a worldwide global phenomenon. But today, I'm kind of talking football. I'm back away from the fandom stuff and something happened. And you may have read the article over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com or over at Steel City Underground. It was just simply titled, Who's Better Since Parting Ways? Mike Wallace or the Pittsburgh Steelers? If you happen to remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers used to have this wide receiver named Mike Wallace. He was this kid to come out of nowhere to just be this deep threat, touchdown machine, commanding a top dollar entering free agency, and now is seemingly, well, to some of us, maybe seemingly disappeared, but he's bounced around the NFL, first going to Miami, signing a huge deal, which I will detail in a little bit, And then he stayed with the Dolphins for two years before being traded to the Minnesota Vikings, who originally had interest in Mike Wallace back during that free agency 
period, that spending spree, and they passed. They didn't want to spend the top dollar. So Mike Wallace ends up in Miami. He's there two years, goes to, goes to Minnesota, and then he ends up with AFC North division rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. And you know what? Mike Wallace was a polarizing figure towards the tail end of his tenure here in Pittsburgh. A lot of people didn't necessarily like the way Mike Wallace acted. It's not becoming of a Pittsburgh Steeler for someone who puts on the black and gold. They wear those colors in that jersey. We wear it. We take it with pride. And we thought Mike Wallace might be better than what he was when he sat out all of the training camps, the mini camps, the OTAs, all the off-season organized activities up until basically, hey, you're going to get fined and you're not going to get paid unless you show up. And that always tends to get those players to show up and start playing and putting on that uniform. We saw it in Seattle the last few years, actually. Marshawn Lynch holding out. Cam Chancellor last year. I want to say Cam Chancellor sat out a game or two, and then I guess he had to pay some bills. So, of course, he returned. They ultimately got what they wanted, and Mike Wallace got what he wanted, just not from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so the question is, who's better having since parted ways? Is it the wide receiver Mike Wallace, or is it the Pittsburgh Steelers? And it's a great question to ask, and it's one I may have answered, but I'm going to take a little bit different slant than just what you could read online. I got some more opinions. Supposedly, well, not supposedly, I'm just trying to remember this. Jameson Hensley, he's of ESPN.com. I believe he's a beat writer or just a blogger with or for the Baltimore Ravens in the Baltimore area. And he had an opportunity to sit down, and he posted this interview with Mike Wallace, of course, as I mentioned before, now a Baltimore Raven. And Wallace was quoted as saying, and this is the whole point, the whole topic here of today's conversation is this line or two. Wallace says, I think I've gotten better even though the numbers don't say so. I think I'll get better this year and I'll show some people I have a lot up my sleeve. Meaning he feels he's better now than when he was in Pittsburgh. And you know, there's nothing really wrong with having some optimism with your new team. You think maybe your career's been I don't know, spinning wheels, and now you have an opportunity to play with a team that was in the Super Bowl not too many years removed, has that quarterback who won them the Super Bowl, don't know what kind of health he's going to be in, if he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season. Pretty gruesome injury to Joe Flacco at the end of the 2015 regular season. So Joe Flacco can throw the ball downfield, and that's something I think a lot of people are putting two and two together and say, well, Mike Wallace... He could fly down the field. He runs these post routes, go routes, a deep threat. Something maybe the Baltimore Ravens were missing last year. And I've said this before over on my website, maybe not in a podcast. I can't remember. I did have one where I said there were more reasons to hate the Baltimore Ravens. I believe that was due to Eric Weddle, who was also quoted in this article if you want to look it up. He really propped Mike Wallace up very high. And I'm just like, okay, guy. You're the one who said winning was important, but then you went to the Ravens and Ozzie Newsome talked you down to lesser money. Okay. That was the guy that everybody wanted the Steelers to latch on to. They thought this Eric Weddle would be the safety to replace Troy Polamalu. And he goes to the enemy. 
Ugh, shots fired, right? It wasn't about money. Although I don't think Kevin Colbert and company would have paid the amount of money or any money for Eric Weddle. They got a lot of housekeeping to keep up themselves, and that's kind of what happened with Mike Wallace. If you remember, he was sitting out, and the Steelers offered Antonio Brown a five-year contract for roughly $45 million. And at the time, at the time is very interesting because, and I know I've said this before, but I have a jersey sitting in my closet. I have the 80th anniversary. It has the patch on it, the bumblebees, the prison stripes, whatever you want to call it. And it's an Antonio Brown jersey. And yes, I've said before, my wife being the Cleveland Browns fan, she still, she gets me Steelers stuff and she had to search for an Antonio Brown jersey, specifically this bumblebee jersey. You couldn't find an Antonio Brown jersey just anywhere. I think she went down the strip district and ended up getting one. They were a little scarce. Now you see them everywhere. Everybody's got brown on their back. But when I was wearing it, and I'm not just saying, hey, you know what, pat pat on my back, hey, hey, I found out he was a good player. I mean, I had that gut feeling. I'm not the only one. Obviously, the Steelers rewarded Brown with the contract instead of giving it to Mike Wallace. They saw a future in that. They saw a guy who busted his butt on special teams, became a pro bowler as a punt returner, specialist. And you got Mike Wallace who... Couldn't catch a cold his final season in Pittsburgh. And then, of course, Mike Wallace kind of goes off into the sunset there. Goes literally South Beach. And he's playing for with Ryan Tannehill. And I imagine maybe Tannehill was hurt. And he may have had somebody like a Matt Moore or some other, uh, forgive me on this, lousy quarterback. Not to say a Tannehill. Tannehill was a huge disappointment last year, by the way. I know it's the Steelers podcast, but geez. I do some fantasy football, and I I get a whole big picture of all of these players that are here in the NFL, constantly looking at everybody's statistics and numbers. Sometimes I don't see every game. I don't know how everything fits in, every piece fits in, but I got a good idea. I got a fairly good idea that Ryan Tannehill, well, can't say he's necessarily overpaid. I do think that Ryan Fitzpatrick deserves the contract he's seeking with the New York Jets. But then again, it's the cast that's around him. And how much people are paying quarterbacks these days is just insane. So, but still, I don't think Ryan Tannehill's worth the money that he was given. I don't think Mike Wallace was worth the money that he was given initially. I believe that was a five-year contract, and it was worth $60 million. In fact, I have it here. Yep, five years, $60 million deal. He didn't even get the full five years. He did get three. Well, he got two years in Miami, and he basically got that same contract with being traded, and the Dolphins just owed the guaranteed portion of that money. Made a boatload of money. Just those three years. I'm going to find it here. I had actually posted a in the comment section on Behind the Steel Curtain. You could see this lower on the article. And if I found this correctly with my Google searching, you'll see that there isn't much of a price difference between Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown. In fact, Mike Wallace made about $2.7 million in 2012, and so did Antonio Brown. Wallace goes to Miami, and his initial cap hit his first season there, $3.2 million. Antonio Brown was making five point six. So it depends on how you're dispersing it, and you're playing all, all these games with trying to fit and shuffle the money. I talked, to, I talked with Simon about this the other day, and just, you know, it's a business. You only have so much money. Most of you have probably played Monopoly, right? And you're trying to buy properties, and you know, you just can't go out and just buy Boardwalk, Park Place, and all the green properties like Pennsylvania Avenue and all that. You need a little mix. You need Baltic, and you need Connecticut, 
and you might throw a railroad in there. And but then you got to buy houses or hotels, and you got to figure out which one goes on which. And there's only so many houses and hotels that go around, right? That's, pro football is the same thing. Only so many star players you could keep on your club. You might have them a little bit cheaper at one point or another. I discussed that the other episode with the Seattle Seahawks having some of these third round draft pick like Russell Wilson, fifth round draft choice like Richard Sherman. These guys end up playing. They're Pro Bowl players. Great quality talents. Even though Richard Sherman might, he knows what he's doing when he's running his mouth. Might run his mouth a little bit, but still, he backs it up on the field. Nothing wrong with that. Always liked some guys that had a little bit of swagger to him. You see Antonio Brown. We hate it when it's somebody else's team, don't we? You see Antonio Brown. He runs the goalpost and tries to stick to it like Spider-Man, and we we just eat it up. I'm sure fans of all the other 31 teams and people who are just bypassers and casual NFL fans all roll their eyes at that. We love it. We love seeing them flip on the Cleveland Browns, which, by the way, look, so I pull up this article on uh, ESPN .go.com, the NFL Nation, Baltimore Ravens, and in the rotation right below it is an article. The next article recommended to me is the ASC North question and answer segment that they have or thing that they do, and it says, are the Browns revolutionizing the NFL with analytics? Well, we don't know yet, but it sure seems like they just got rid of any players that they didn't want to keep. They, they can't keep the same team from year to year, let alone coaching staffs front office people, president, GM, you name it. They even changed owners within, within like the last five years or so is when Jimmy Haslam came over there. That's so ridiculous. I just I just had to mention that just because. Uh, just the whole numbers thing. So anyways, getting back to the number and the dollar figures, Mike Wallace made $17.2 million in 2014 and then traded to the Vikings and the Vikings paid him 9.9 and Miami paid him the remaining 6.6. So roughly in the same ballpark of that $17.5 million two years there. So Antonio Brown this year is going to make 12.3 and 13.1. And a lot of people were really criticizing like this was a real backloaded type contract. Rightfully so. If Antonio Brown didn't really pan out, this would have helped the Steelers. I mean, you see the same thing kind of happen with somebody like Cortez Allen, who they paid an awful lot of money to, and they still owe him money, and they're going to be paying him money this year, even though he's not on the roster. That's how these guarantees work. That's why you can't guarantee everyone money. But it's very interesting to see if you pull one of these years out of here, if you even just pull the guarantee out, there's really only about $6 million difference between Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown. And I'm interested in knowing, like, these guys pay like state sales taxes and local municipality taxes, things like that, where you have income taxes. So living in Florida is definitely beneficial for Mike Wallace because they don't have a state income tax. Sometimes that's what's lucrative, aside from the warm weather, the nice beaches, you know, women in bikinis, whatever floats your boat. Is South Beach has it, right? It's not exactly like going to, well, not to, not to diss Pittsburgh, but I mean, come on, Pittsburgh, it's... How many, how many months out of the year do we get to go in a pool, guys, you know, and gals? <laughs> what, two, three? Sometimes we don't see the sun for six months. <laughs> it happens. So the allure and that, blah, blah, blah. So you're looking at price-wise. Mike Wallace and Antonio Brown practically almost making the same amount of money. And Mike Wallace is due $8 million next year, and two and a half of that is guaranteed. So if Ozzie Newsom just decides this guy's not worth it, 
he could decide that this year, and they still own five. I think he'll make the roster this year, but it's not exactly a shoe-in. And here's a guy who thinks that he's actually better since he left the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is he actually better without Ben Roethlisberger? And does Joe Flacco miss a player like Torrey Smith just that much? I think Joe Flacco actually missed Anquan Bolden more than anybody. Following that Super Bowl run, talking about spending money and breaking the bank. You spent all this money on Joe Flacco, and then they just had to like wholesale get rid of everyone. I remember telling everybody that the Ravens and Steelers were very similar, that they were still competing while rebuilding. You think about that. You know, the Steelers, they got some guys that like Casey Hamptons that went away, and Troy Polamalu, and countless several others, Brett Kiesel, just some names throughout there, and the, no different with the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens had to say goodbye to Ray Lewis. Well, Ray Lewis got to retire on his own terms as a Baltimore Raven. Not one of my favorite people to discuss ever. I don't even like seeing him on TV as doing his commentary. Ed Reed. I actually respect and like Ed Reed. And he's going to go down as one of the greatest safeties of all time. There'll always be that debate as to whether or not Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed, who's the better safety. I think they're a two different style of player. I think they're both great. You can just put a, a T right next to him with a one, tied number one. I'm okay with that, even though it's the opposition, it's the rival, it's the Ravens. You know, but the Ravens had to rebuild. They didn't have a good offensive line. They had a terrible secondary. I don't think that they repaired their secondary yet. I still think they're a year or two behind the progress of rebuilding this team than the Steelers, and that's because some of their draft picks haven't worked out. The guy they brought in to replace Ed Reed. I can't remember his first name. Last name was Elam. First-round draft choice, not good. Just wasn't a quality player. You take a look at the guy they drafted last year, wide receiver Brashard Perryman. Didn't play all of last year on the injured reserve. And now we're going to be talking about whether or not Mike Wallace can make this team. It depends on Brashard Perryman. Mike Wallace is kind of the insurance policy. If that kid can't get on the field this year, he's hurt again. Steve Smith, he decides he's going to come back for another year. Boy, does he really fit the attitude of that team, doesn't he? Just makes my stomach turn. Legitimately, too. I'm recording this, and I'm not feeling exactly well. So I hope everybody appreciates me taking the time. I feel like I want to pass out at this point. Thinking about Steve Smith and Ray Lewis doesn't help matters much. Makes me even more sick. So when Mike Wallace says he's even better than he was when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it just makes me laugh. We say goodbye to Mike Wallace. Bye-bye. He goes and does what? He had an okay year down in Miami, and then he goes to Minnesota Vikings. He has Teddy Bridgewater throwing him some passes, and you would think maybe that Mike Wallace, I don't know if it's the young quarterback dilemma and these guys that are still trying to find their way like Tannehill and Bridgewater, and they're younger guys. I think Bridgewater has a higher upside at this point. I think Tannehill, we already know who he is and what he's going to be. And you know what? He suffers from the same problem as the Cleveland Browns guys do. The only consistency they've had is that they haven't changed out Ryan Tannehill, but everything around them changes constantly too. Coaches, their front office, or their owner. I think it's their owner, actually. He's the guy who came out and said, eh, it's a two-year window. If this doesn't work, we'll fire them too. That's why Adam Gase got a five-year contract. Smart guy. Get all that money guaranteed. I don't think anybody was going to go there. Nobody's really going to take the Cleveland job unless they get a payday too. I know it must be some allure being the, a head coach in the NFL, but eh. And kind of to that point, Mike Wallace says he not, might be better. He says he runs a variety of more routes than expected of him in Pittsburgh, where he's primarily viewed as a deep threat. I think he's going to be used the same way in Baltimore. 
because even running these variety of routes, I don't know that's necessarily him. Maybe he's not good at running these other routes, the system he's in, or the quarterback's throwing him the ball. Could be a combination of all. He says he hasn't really lost a step, age 29. He says, I've probably run about 10,000 post routes and go routes since when I first came into the league, so maybe just a step, a half a step, but I can still get it done. I believe it. You know, he's going to buy into his, uh, he's buying what he's selling himself. You know, trying to sell Eskimos, snow. (laughs) That's okay. But I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers really miss Mike Wallace. I like the little chatter in the the talk because since we don't like the Baltimore Ravens already, they get Eric Weddle and now they have Mike Wallace and they're running their mouth. Like I said, Wallace might not be a shoe-in to even make this team. He's kind of in the Darius Hayward Bay spot, although he has a two-year contract with guaranteed money where Darius Hayward Bay was pretty much exiting the league when the Steelers picked him up off of the discard pile. And he gets two one-year prove-it deals, and he's a fast player, considered a one-trick pony just like Mike Wallace. So Darius Hayward Bay and Mike Wallace, very similar style players in a similar type situation because... Baltimore Ravens have Steve Smith, so they have their guy that can he can play in the slot. Primarily best probably used there. That's where they wanted to use him last year. He can go on the outside. Steve Smith's always been a solid player when healthy. Health has always been an issue with him as well. They found this guy named Kamar Aiken last year. He's going to be fighting for some playing time. And then, of course, Perryman. So when you look at that, Mike Wallace could be the fourth wide receiver on this roster, and he's telling everybody about how he's in a better situation now. Better than and he's better than ever. Maybe the best he ever will be. I'll see it. Or I'll believe it when I see it. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, they probably don't miss Mike Wallace at all. In fact, you think about Jericho Cotri coming in, scoring ten touchdowns when Wallace leaves. You think about the numbers Emmanuel Sanders put up. You think about when Pittsburgh drafted Martavis Bryant. You look at some of the things, looking at these numbers. I look at Mike Wallace. He breaks out. He plays most of the games. Let's see, 2010, 16 games, 60 receptions, about 1,200 and a half yards, 10 touchdowns. That's a big year for him. Steelers go to the Super Bowl 2011. That was that dreaded Tim Tebow thing I was talking about recently on the show. 72 receptions, had a little uptick there, a little less yards, two less scores, eight touchdowns, which is the same thing he duplicates in 2012, his contract year. Gets targeted five more times, but catches eight less balls. And 836 yards versus 1,193 yards. Yards per reception dropped by three and a half yards a catch. Same amount of touchdowns. So he goes to Miami, catches 73 balls, 930 yards, fails to get 1,000 yards receiving, and his yards per reception drop again. Only scores five times in 2013. 2014, the year that Miami starts paying him a ridiculous amount of money. He's making $10 million more now. This particular season with the Dolphins, plays every game, durable, 67 receptions. Once again, 862 yards, little uptick, but still... 
not where he used to be when he was getting 19.4, 21 and 16.6 in his first three years in Pittsburgh, drops to 13.1. Then he goes to 12.7, 12.9 with the Dolphins, 12.1 per reception with Minnesota, where he only caught 39 balls last year, 12 games, not as durable, misses four games, 473 yards and only two touchdowns. That 2014 season with the Dolphins, he did score 10 TDs. I believe he had a couple multiple TD games, but it was in spurts. Those of you who play fantasy football, you probably have this kind of feeling of, hey, you know what, the way Antonio Brown puts up these John Madden football-style numbers, and you see what Mike Wallace did, I don't think anybody who was a Steelers fan was necessarily drafting Mike Wallace on their fantasy football teams. I don't mean to bring the gambling thing in here. For for those of you who do it, you understand where I'm coming from. For those of you who don't, there was like no value in getting Mike Wallace. You get more points for a touchdown just like you do on the field. So when you go from fantasy to reality, it wasn't very good in reality either. It wasn't a reliable score. Two touchdowns in Minnesota. And there was a little graphic that floated out there, and I had mentioned this when I went on my rant about ESPN ranking all of the triplets. I think I had that show a week or two ago, and they had the Steelers ranked fifth, and they ranked the Cowboys number one overall with Romo and Des Bryant and Ezekiel Elliott. And, of course, that was ridiculous because Elliott's never taken a snap, and Des Bryant plays nine games, and Antonio Brown has better stats than him in just two games against the Browns and the Raiders. And the same thing here with Mike Wallace. But we all know that Steelers made the – proper choice. Validates my Bumblebee jersey purchase decision. Yeah, I was I, I definitely put the bug in my wife's ear that I wanted that. That was very cool by the way. I think when I first wore that jersey it was actually on my birthday when they when they wore those jerseys for the first time. So that was awesome. It was a birthday gift and I got to wear it on my birthday. Very cool. So yeah, the Antonio Brown jersey is definitely in the closet and I get some longevity. Speaking about jerseys, I mean the jerseys I own my cousin had a Wallace jersey. That's about the only guy that's really left this team. And just most of the other stuff in the closet, Ben Roethlisberger, Troy, Heinz Ward, Brett Kiesel, Heath Miller, Antonio Brown, multiple multiple Ben, Brown, and Troy jerseys in the closet. Those are like people are wearing like Lambert and Mean Joe Green. You've got things to be proud of. You've got players that are legendary, all-time franchise players that you could be proud of. I have a Rod Woodson in the closet, too. Is Mike Wallace that type of player? I say no. And I compared even Martavis Bryant's stats. Martavis Bryant comes into the league. Game 7, Game 8, 2014. He plays in 10 games. Catches 26 balls for 549 yards and 8 touchdowns. He was a touchdown machine, right? He has more yards, and he has a 21.1 yards per reception number, which by .1 is better than Wallace's was in 2010. Now, mind you, that's on less receptions, about less than half the receptions. Then again, he didn't play six games. And when you see he was suspended last year and he plays 11 games, 50 receptions, 765 yards, and six TDs. Just totally destroying... What Mike Wallace did playing 12 games, almost 300 yards more, four scores more. His yards per reception dropped a little bit too, 15.3, versus the 
12.1. Manuel Sanders, he's here last year. He's here that year when Wallace left for Miami. And Sanders catches 67 passes on 113 targets for 740 yards and six touchdowns. Wallace had a good year that year, too. So he wasn't necessarily in the rearview mirror yet. But, you know, how many playoff games has Mike Wallace played in? I think he had the one this postseason with the Vikings. Not a major contributor in that. I'm going to bring up those numbers real quick here. Let's see. What did Mike Wallace do for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL playoffs last season? Well, he caught a pass. No, I'm not kidding. One pass. 10 yards, not even a touchdown, not even a red zone threat. These guys would rather throw the ball to somebody like Stefan Diggs that nobody knew who Stefan Diggs was. I'll pull up Stefan Diggs. I like Stefan Diggs, by the way. Stefan Diggs plays in 13 games, and they put the rushing stats first. That's pretty shady. 52 catches, more catches, more yards, 720, more touchdowns, four. Who's Stefan Diggs, you may ask? Well, he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the fifth round of the 2015 NFL Draft. He was a rookie. So let me ask this. If a rookie can step in and outproduce a guy that's being paid, what, $13 million a year? Is he really better off than what he was when he was in Pittsburgh? Maybe Ben Roethlisberger made him the player he is. You hear some players take shots. Manuel Sanders took that shot about how Peyton Manning was a better player. I don't really buy that. They're they're like the same thing with Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu. Both guys, they're in their own rights. They're two different players. They're chocolate and vanilla. Strawberry. They're different flavors. All ice cream. All good ice cream. You could even say top shelf liquor. One's like a gray goose. The other one is, oh, I don't know. Jack Daniels considered a top shelf liquor. I don't know. I'm not much of a drinker. That was a very bad analogy. But I just it just blew my mind. And Pittsburgh Steelers have been in the playoffs two of the three seasons after Wallace has left. They won the AFC North in 2014. A lot of people are saying, well, they only won one playoff game. Well, they won a playoff game without Mike Wallace. They didn't win any playoff games when Wallace was still here. 2011, going down to Tebow. 8-8 eight eight season in 2012. Very painful. Mike Wallace leaves. 2013 season, also 8-8. Eight eight. But you know what? The Steelers rebounded. I believe they built their team better than the Baltimore Ravens have. Ravens may have their offensive lines problems figured out. I'm going to be previewing the AFC North here sometime soon. But answering that question, who's better off since they parted ways from one another? And I'm going to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers are better off. They're a contender now. They're a team that I feel, and many feel, including Las Vegas, they don't get a whole lot wrong. There's a conspiracy theory there somewhere. But Las Vegas has Pittsburgh Steelers as a Super Bowl favorite. If you read the publications like I do that come out, Lindy's Pro Football is one that I really like. They had the Ravens in the Super Bowl last year, and I just said, no way. They lost four of their five free agents Traded away like Halodinata. Tongue-tied there. Justin Forsett was the only guy who came back out of that whole group. Torrey Smith, 
He left too. They lost like all their receivers. They brought in Steve Smith. Somehow that guy still has gas in the tank. Good for him. But Mike Wallace, nah. I just don't see it. I see you're looking at a shooting star that has been burning out ever since it flew out of Pittsburgh. And now with the Ravens, Mike Wallace is going to try and be Darius Hayward Bay. He may actually have to play some type of special teams, maybe, to prove his value. I really wonder. I truly, really wonder. This might be the swan song for Mike Wallace. And it's going to be fun because you know why? He's with the Baltimore Ravens and Steelers fans. We were already booing Mike Wallace when he was in a Steelers uniform. I remember when Miami came over to Heinz Field a year or so ago. And man, we loved booing him. How much more fun is it going to be to just kind of needle that guy now that he's wearing that crappy black and purple? Such a knockoff of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It still makes me angry that the Baltimore Ravens stole our Cleveland Browns rivalry that we had, move that team to Baltimore, and then somehow just make us hate them and dislike them even more. But that's going to be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed the somewhat football broadcast that I had today. If you like the show, please leave some comments. Leave the comments if you're listening on Behind the Steel Curtain. I try and catch all the comments, by the way. The people who comment on YouTube, they know. might take me a day or two. Leave a thumbs up. Somebody left a thumbs down recently. I really wish that somebody would have left a comment with the thumbs down so I know why they thumb give me a thumbs down on YouTube. It doesn't bother me that much. Everybody has their own opinions. Apparently they didn't like what I said. And you know what? It wasn't even that important to me because I don't even remember what episode it was that I said it on. But, you know, we're like in this dead space area of about three weeks where other than the Sean Sweejum release and retirement that I spoke of the other day, what else do we have to talk about? This is what you get. Even the Ravens ESPN guys that probably make far more money than what I do. This is the type of stuff that they pull up, and this is the type of stuff that we comment on. I can't wait for football. I can't wait to play the Baltimore Ravens. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me over on SteelCityUnderground.com. We're on all of the major social media. Give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow over on Facebook. Like the page, whatever it is. I have a personal Twitter, too. Not on it as much. If you like following craft beer, I do some of that stuff, too. And for those of you regular listeners, you know I was talking about being a Northeast Ohio guy and kind of having a mix of those Cleveland Cavaliers and my arsenal of teams I like along with all the Pittsburgh teams. So if you don't like that, just stay with the Steel City Underground stuff. We have a Vine account. I have everything else. Podcasts available on iTunes. It's available over on Blog Talk Radio via BTSC and the BTSC iTunes. So give us a review. Let me know how it's going. And if you have a chance, check out some of the other episodes and also let me know what you think because the Steel City Underground is a movement. It is something that, yeah, it's my bread and butter. I'm the founder. It's my passion and hobby, but it's not just me. I try to bring you the very best commentary, editorials, news, analysis, and not just from me but from around all these great writers that are part of this Steelers community. We're all in this together. We all want to see each other succeed, even if we're on competing platforms. So that's why you'll see Steel City Underground articles and podcasts over on Behind the Steel Curtain. Jeff was a guest on the show last week. You can find that in the archives on BTSC as well. But until then, be safe, be good, give me a follow, and I'll catch you later. 
We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.